Welcome back to another episode of Abbott Burns Movies, episode 17. I'm Eric Abbott, and with me is Jason the Contagious Burns. And then also, we have a special guest with us. Jason, you want to introduce our special guest? First, I have to laugh that you said contagious, because I haven't told you this yet. My son has pink eye. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... uh... Sometimes nicknames get passed down from father to son, <laughs> as do some diseases, I guess, or infections. Uh, uh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't need to hear about what you get passed along. <laughs> Segway. Um, Nick, our uh, listener and um, probably one of our very few listeners, has uh, joined us for a, uh update episode that was supposed to happen last week, but... Due to a storm and a power outage, it did not happen. So we asked him back again to give it another shot. Yeah, Say yeah, I it was. Yeah, it was unfortunate <laughs> that uh, it was unfortunate we didn't get that episode last week. But that's why we have a very special episode this week. So uh, welcome, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener, and thank you for um, you know sending in suggestions and and coming onto the show with us this week. No problem. Someone's got to support this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, I could hear you set down your beer right before you uh, responded to that. So, uh. no, I had to take a drink while oh. you were talking. Okay, okay. It was Jason. All right, all right. So, so uh, I, I think what we're going to be doing is we're going to um, just kind of get your uh, your take on a couple of the movies that you suggested, um, and you know, kind of recap. Uh, I guess our feelings and maybe our feelings are going to change, uh, actually after, after hearing how you feel about these movies. But, um, I believe we're going to talk about the Babadook and then also the hateful eight and anything else we come across to fill some time. Yeah. Which will probably involve a lot of tangents. So, um, <laughs> you want to start with the Babadook? Is that maybe a good starting point? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Um, so, I mean, just kind of open it up and kind of get the ball rolling. Why? <laughs> was that the end of the sentence? I felt like there was going to be more to it. <laughs> no, no. I just, uh, just, just throwing it out there. Why? Okay. <laughs> no. First okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, on the Awkward spot. science. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Just to kind of. Okay. What I liked about the. Babadook and what drew me to it is that it was atypical from the oversaturation that's currently like in the horror movie genre. It seems like that they just remake the same five themes over and over again. Yeah. Like the grudge. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it it was different and the fact that I really liked the misdirection because they were not too heavy handed in it as far as, um, you know, was it supernatural? Was it a real person? You know, was it in their minds? You know, was the book really a magical object or was it just their mental illness basically? Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I, I think one of the kind of compelling points of the, the narrative of it is that, uh, like the mother son relationship is very uh convincing and you really see the the strain there um with her behavior with her son uh and how she's just like beaten down by having to take care of this kid alone and and, and also kind of the circumstances that have 
left them to be uh, fatherless, uh, or left the son being fatherless. And it isn't very a very traditional, uh, well, not at all a traditional horror movie, which is great. Uh, it is something different and refreshing. I, I like how you said why, like, this was a bad movie, but I, I seem to remember both of us kind of liked that movie. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I didn't mean it to be a bad movie. I just, uh, just a starting point. Uh, but... I do have to admit, and I think I mentioned this when we when we uh, originally talked about it, the kid drove me crazy, and I think that's the point, but man, he was good at it. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I think that was the point, because I think the people making the movie wanted you to sympathize with mom. You know, it would mm-hmm. it would be way different if he was just a normal, nice, functioning kid, and she just couldn't handle her shit. Yeah, exactly. But... But the movie does a good job of being like, there There are legitimate problems with this kid, and it's adding stress to a, a woman that is already stricken by grief and trying to figure out how she's going to be a single parent to not only just any kid, but a difficult kid. Yeah, very true. And and I know Jason, uh, I think, I, well, I believe at least when we originally recorded uh, the episode discussing this movie, um, you pointed out that you really see a difference in the kid after he finally gets some sleep. Uh, after she drugs him to knock him out and and, and uh, sleep all through the night, um, he's actually pretty well behaved from that point. Like there, there's an improvement in his behavior, which um, is subtle and I think can be missed. I, I mean, uh, even I, I think I noticed it, but didn't really take note of it until you pointed it out. But I think that's really important to what's happening in their relationship and, and uh, the narrative as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say uh, something like this, but the kid in that movie was the best actor in that movie because, I mean, you had to have that um, that very different aspect. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta in Face Off where they had to take on each other's mannerisms. This kid had to completely be two different people from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, name-dropped Face Off. Yeah, Babadookoff. <laughs> um, I've actually never seen that movie Face Off, so add that to the list of movies uh, I have not seen. Somebody, somebody suggests that shit. Do it. Well, as soon as somebody suggests Ball Bank Prediction, then uh, then we can move on to Face oh. Face Off. So Ball Bank. <laughs> I thought you were saying something a little different there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> what did you think? It I sounded was like going you were like that? like a parody porn, is what it sounded like. <laughs> Actually, let me redact that because we do not do porns on here, and that might actually be a parody porn. So um, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, I, shouldn't I'm not going to Google that. it for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure somebody will. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a great uh, progression of their relationship, and, and and really just seeing that wedge that's driven between them. Um, with her kind of resentment of him because of uh, how her husband was was killed in a car accident um, the the night that he was born, uh, so that yeah, I think that's really really interesting. And then her not being able to let go of that and move on from it, which shockingly at the end of the movie still hasn't moved on from it. I, I don't believe. I, would you agree with that, Nick? Yeah, because she hasn't had time to like. Yeah she suffers this trauma and then it's like, Oh, here's a kid that you have to take care of now. And her life 
is, you know, is just focused on taking care of this kid that, you know, she necessarily doesn't want to take care of because she wants to handle her own stuff. Mm-hmm. But would you say that the kid helped her through it a little bit by giving her a redirect of her mental state almost because she can focus now on this kid instead of wallowing in her grief? But that doesn't make the grief go away if you focus somewhere else. That just pauses it. Yeah, so I guess that's it's true. Prob- that's probably extended her grief process, not helped it. Yeah, I hadn't that's really true. considered that. That's that's uh, some great insight there. Um, hey, you remember how we were talking about I knew a, a child therapist? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, see, I feel like this episode is actually going to be um, a little too informative now. It's it's not going to be as many uh, puns and stupid uh, stupid jokes and and um, awkward pauses. Well, I mean, we still have hey, a fair hey, number of hey. awkward pauses. But... I told you not to hold a grudge about this. We have the right. <laughs> <laughs> flashback last episode (laughs) anywho um no i think that's a great point though i hadn't even considered that um but yeah you're right Uh, the fact that she now has this great responsibility and no time to herself which you do see that in the movie that she has zero time to herself um i think that is portrayed but i didn't really consider what that meant as far as um grieving and moving on uh but i think that's a really really good point damn (laughs) shit just got deep (laughs) if you listen closely you can hear the mic drop um but yeah no that's that's uh that's a great point Uh, i like that (laughs) i uh i said drop the mic to a actress at one point and she said you know how expensive those things are yes i had to buy one because you dropped it (laughs) no because the first one sounded like shit oh that's true yeah that's true yeah yeah, that can be quite expensive. Oh, the I do have a question for you guys about the Baba Duke. The yeah. ending of the movie, were you expecting it to be a real supernatural thing or were you expecting it to be a hallucination? Like how did you think the ending was going to play out? Cuz that was one of the things that surprised me. I thought they were really going to tie it into like there was never a Baba Duke, you know, that that book existed, but there was no supernatural anything. It was just like a, a a trauma reaction from mm-hmm. mom based on the grief. Well, and then I was surprised when it was an actual thing. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that I was so much surprised that it was a real thing. Um, but I did feel like like there there was a part of my mind saying like, well, I mean, this could be in her head and that would be a pretty interesting twist to it. Um, at the end, if you just find out that, I mean, she's just, she's just going through some, some, uh, hallucinations or something and and none of this is actually happening. Like, like we're seeing it. Um, but I think because of the book coming back, that to me was kind of the trigger of, um, this is like a real thing happening. If the book hadn't appeared, uh, then, then I probably would have still, considered that there's a good chance it's in her head however i mean i guess it's possible that she could have destroyed the book or put it there herself and not remembered it and the viewer just doesn't see that but um but i didn't think that was the route it was going in yeah see i i kind of switched i thought it was all in their head uh and i think i may have mentioned this uh in that episode but i, I thought it was all in her head up until i don't know 75 percent of the way through the movie where some of the 
the stuff started physically affecting the world mm-hmm. uh, instead of just it all being in their heads. Um, and I think that's kind of where I changed. But the the real twist for me that I did, was not expecting was that they killed the dog and then took the Babadook as a pet. Yeah, that I didn't expect either. That was that was very surprising. Um, however, I still, I mean, I liked that because it was just another example, or or, or just still showing that she hasn't moved on from her her husband's death. Because the way that I took it is that the reason she's keeping it is because it has the ability of taking on the form of her husband, and she so desperately uh, wants him back that she's willing to take this like uh, um, shape shifting demon well as that, that's a, a question i got for uh for a uh, nick there do you think the babadook is actually her husband's ghost do i think the movie wanted us to think that or do i legit think that either one <laughs> say both <clears throat> okay well for me personally i don't believe in a ghost period so no i don't think that it could be the ghost of her husband um movie wise i think if they were trying to do that they didn't do a good job of mm-hmm. having like the supporting evidence for that yeah i agree especially how like malevolent the baba duke was and how it negatively affected them yeah now if they wanted to if they wanted to go a certain way and have like um you know him do a bunch of negative stuff to the kid because like the ghost of the dad is resentful about the the you know the kid having a part to play in his death basically I that would have been an interesting twist but yeah that would have been dark I mean darker than it already was but um, to have not only the the mom who is resentful of the kid but then to have the dad come back from the dead to to get vengeance on the kid too wow that's that would be pretty pretty messed up I don't think I'd want to watch that movie. Yeah. Baba Duke 2 coming to a theater near you. <laughs> Dad a Duke. Ooh, that's not a Duke. <laughs> that's what I do when I lock the door in the bathroom. That's what I was about to say. That's probably something you did when you got up this morning, Jason. <laughs> no, I was literally getting out of bed and, I, and Quentin comes in and he's like, Daddy, how does my eye look? And I said, Go get dressed. We're going to the doctor. <laughs> oh wow yeah but no time for data dukes this morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i don't yeah i didn't feel like it was it was probably the ghost of the dad uh i just think it's just this the way that i took it was it was probably just some uh some monster or some uh ghostly spirit or not ghost you're a monster sometimes a few drinks in me sometimes i get a little I get a little rowdy. Um, well, but, we'll pause this. Get another one. <laughs> well, I'm about done with the first one, so the second one will probably be happening soon. Um, but, yeah. I'm looking at my beer, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that twist up, that twist, uh, twist up <laughs> beer that you have? Hey, hey, hey. I have lost 60 pounds, <laughs> so if it means drinking a Michelob Ultra, that's what it means. And only some of those pounds were his manhood. Yeah, yeah. I think you're overestimating the weight of your balls, Jason. Well, I was going to do a uh, wink-wink to get uh, Michelob Ultra to sponsor us. 
However, I think after that, maybe we shouldn't try. Oh, you know what? If Michelob Ultra wants to sponsor us, I will totally drink it. Uh, I mean, if they want to give us free beer, I'm totally down for it. I will change my I tune I will very totally quickly. beat Chris Pratt. You're, yeah, you're okay no Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that their sights are a little higher than this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, so, as I was saying, you know, I, I, I just figured this was probably just some uh, malicious entity that, that just saw an opportunity to prey on this weakened relationship. Um, because I guess that's kind of the, the Babadook's bag, right? It gets the, uh, the parent to kill the kid. So if you already have a parent that's uh, really hates their kid anyways, well, it's just less work for the Babadook to do. Yeah, let's put his ass in the basement and feed him worms. Yep. And when he like tries to scare you, you're just like, oh, Babadook. <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, and crouch down in the corner like a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> a little bitch-a-duke. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a D&D character. <laughs> it does, actually. <laughs> bitch-a-duke. <laughs> That's what my puppy did at the house the other day. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. Puppy poops are the worst, too. Oh, no. What's worse is your 13-year-old dog who now has stress issues because of the puppy and has diarrhea that squirts all over the wall. You're right. That is worse. That's really (laughs) bad. Eric's like, well, it's about dinner time and I'm not (laughs) hungry anymore. (laughs) I I, I guess I won't be having those refried beans I had cooking. (laughs) (laughs) No, refried beans are more solid than what I had to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let me just uh just wash wash this uh vomit down with a with a little bit of alcohol <sighs> okay segue of what 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 is the what is the next movie we want to discuss uh what uh we're gonna be talking about the hateful eight next um i mean is there anything else you want to you want to add nick about uh um, why don't we have your nick give his, uh, his number one to five yeah let's do that uh, f- uh, f- for the hateful eight or the babadook babadook um, I can't remember what you guys rated it, so I don't remember if I agree or disagree, but it's probably like in the, the 3.5 range for me. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's about where we were, too. It, it was an interesting premise. I, I mean, I think there are a few things they could have done better. The cinematography, I thought, was all right, but it didn't blow me away. It yeah. felt like a B-movie with the cinematography, though, so I, I guess I wasn't terribly surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, there was nothing, nothing cinematography wise that I was like, Ugh, that looks kind of uh, rough. Um, I will, and I brought this up before when we watched it or when we when we discussed it. But um, I really still like the uh, the little segment they did where she was watching the uh, the TV and they showed all that creepy, creepy uh, old footage. Oh, the acid in the bedroom. trip. Yeah, yeah. Creepy acid trip bullshit. That was gr- that was really good. Uh, I was in, I was digging that. That really creeped me out. <laughs> All those words didn't make sense together. <laughs> I was digging it. Really creeped me out. <laughs> I couldn't sleep for a week. It was awesome. <laughs> I pissed myself, and it was the best ride I ever got on. Let's leave the awkward silence in that. Don't cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have another drink. You guys talk amongst yourselves. 
So, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, I thought that was good too. Um, and I think, I think your rating is, I think that's about what we did as well. 3.5 sounds yeah, right. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, uh, going into the hateful eight initial thoughts, initial things that, uh, that kind of drew you to it. Uh, big Quentin Tarantino movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason I watched it, one, I knew it was a, Tarantino movie and I saw some promotional stuff that had Kurt Russell's character in it and I was like that dude looks pretty interesting I want to see you know what kind of movie you would put that guy in so that was a big draw for me to watching it um why don't we start at the beginning because I know Burns has some significant issues about the the title a scroll and like how long it is and i hate to say it but i rewatched it a couple weeks ago and he does have some valid points <laughs> valid my ass they go inch by inch on a fucking right crucifix right there i, I like... think they could well and i'm okay with like the crucifix part it's the part where it's just like the landscape and it pans and it pans and it pans and then you see the stagecoach on the horizon yeah. Why not just start with the stagecoach on the horizon? And then and then I think that they didn't need to put the actors' names in there at all. Um, especially with the whole Channing Tatum business. I definitely think that if they chose to put everyone else's name on there, they should have left his out on purpose because to me that kind of ruins the whole surprise piece. If you're a huge Channing Tatum fan, you're going to be like, where's Channing Tatum? Where's Channing Tatum? I don't yeah. think that anyone is a huge Channing Tatum fan. <laughs> uh, there's probably some ladies out there that would disagree with you. Um, but but I totally agree with you on that, Nick. I, I mean, that that was something that uh, if they had left that out, I think it would have been a lot better. So you would have had that that shock when uh, when when he is well, introduced. Well, like I said, I, I actually missed his name at the beginning of it. So I had that shock. So... I went back and watched the opening credits and saw that it was there and was a little bit disappointed. Mm. You're probably too busy bitching about the wide shots to yeah. notice the. Oh. That's probably why I was sitting there taking notes about. Oh God, this sucks so bad. Yeah, you probably fell asleep again while you were watching a movie. So I've only done that with two movies: The Right and Judge Dredd. Maybe Spawn. One of those two. You had no right to do that. Hey, speaking of which, did uh, did you actually watch Spawn? I, I think I loaned it to you. You loaned I? it to me. Not yet. I keep telling you not to, and you keep saying you're going <laughs> to. I have an oppositional streak. Mm. Speaking of Spawn, you know that they're... Well, we mentioned this before. They're doing that remake or a new movie or whatever. Um, and what's his name? Jeremy Renner is going to be in it, so that's kind of cool. Along with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to be Spawn, though. Thankfully, I think it's Jamie Foxx, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I am. I think Jamie Foxx is going to do Spawn. So, I yeah, almost I said Jamie cool. Kennedy, but I thought that would not fit at all. Yeah, yeah, that would be a very <laughs> different movie. <laughs> it probably would have a a, um, a Batman in it, played by uh, one. Uh, oh, what's his name? Damn, I don't even want to say his name. Good story, bro. Ah, jeez, I, I just made myself another drink. So, I'm going to blame that on that. Unless you downed it in one gulp, <laughs> you have no excuse. Is that a challenge? 
We'll never know the truth anyway. You might as well yeah. tell us you did <laughs> it. probably drinking <laughs> That's water. True. <laughs> That's true. Yep, totally just drank it all, guys. Yeah, anyways, uh, I don't even know what I was talking about before. So we were, we were bitching about the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think that I don't agree with every criticism that Burns had for this movie, but that one, the beginning, I think, was valid. Even as much as I love Tarantino movies, I know to expect, you know, some wide shots, some ridiculously good cinematography. Um, I still think that it went a little overboard in that movie. Yeah, I, I think from an artistic standpoint, I get it. Because um, I think the whole point was to show that they were in this uh, open wilderness. That there's nobody else around. They're alone, basically. Um, you could have done that in one minute and not 20. Yeah. Right. And that's my point. Like, I definitely think that it should have been left in to some extent. I don't think it should have been well, totally reworked. But I think something... that it just was like, it was like a family guy sketch where it just like, it goes on past the point where it's good until it becomes good again. Like family guy does with like, well, the sketch goes until it's not funny anymore. And then it gets funny because it's not funny anymore. Yeah, well, true. I think something that you had mentioned last week when we tried to do this was that you didn't like how... Uh, when people approached the stagecoach, uh, Kurt Russell's character did the same thing both times. And I think that kind of, you, you know, we talked about this. I think that kind of showed his, uh, paranoia and like his, um, predictability, predictability a little bit, but then it did kind of counter that with taking the cuffs off later in the movie. Right. The, mm. it, I still feel like that, that was out of character for him to ever take the cuffs off because yeah. he taught, he talks about how like regulated and regimented he is as a bounty hunter. And that's why he's good. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's character talked about how that's, you know, his, his attention to detail and how strict he is about his personal rules is one of the reasons, you know, he's one of the best bounty hunters. It just seemed weird that, you know, he did that. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that just, you know, I didn't really think about it at the time, but having you uh, bring it up like that, it, it does really seem out of character for for how they were portraying him up until that point. And you don't fuck with that dude's coffee. Hell no. Yeah, that was, when I was watching the movie, that was my first note was, don't fuck with this man's coffee. Yeah, it's because, a sacred thing. Because I was like, well, since this was my like third or fourth viewing when I rewatched it, I was like, well, I'll look at... And see what is the first thing that he notices when he comes in there and he makes a beeline for the coffee pot, drinks it, it tastes like ass, and he just dumps it on the floor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, that almost is out of character for him in my mind because you think he would have surveyed the scene a little bit before he does anything else just going in that room with a bunch of people he doesn't know. Yeah, true. And, I mean, you kind of... I mean, there's points where he does kind of do that because he, he approaches, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Matson, Is that it? Am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah, his character. And right away is suspicious of him. Um, well, I think if you go back to the, um, you know, classic Tarantino framed tale thing where you go back to where what Minnie's Menagerie, is that what it's called? actually looks like before haberdashery these guys, haberdashery that's haberdashery, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> menagerie that's a different thing um but 
it was warm and welcoming and open and everybody was polite. So he probably walked in thinking it was the same thing, goes straight for the coffee because, you know, she makes good coffee and realizes after that that there's a bunch of fucked up shit going on in here. Right, right. But even he didn't seem too keen about the fuck up shit other than the coffee was bad and, and that the one guy seemed off. Um, but I felt and, like Samuel Jackson's character, however, was on it from the start. Knew right. that there was some weird shit going on. Yeah, I think he was. But I also think that Samuel L. Jackson had a relationship with Minnie and Sweet Dave that, you know, you could almost call a friendship from the yeah. way he talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think we mentioned this in, when we originally did the episode, but some of the things that he was saying, it did seem like he made up some things. Um, one of them, the key things being that, uh, what was it? He claimed that, uh, she wouldn't let any Mexicans in the, in the, uh, building or something like that, even though Mexican, Mexicans are dogs. And she took the sign down two years ago because she started letting in dogs was the line, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I I think think that Samuel L. Jackson made up most of what he said when he was, um, doing the investigation. I think that he knew something wasn't right. He knew something was up because Minnie wasn't there. But yeah. I think that all this stuff he kept saying, I think was total BS. The um, conversation he had with the Civil War general about meeting his son and all that stuff, yeah. I don't believe that was true either. I think he's, he wanted an excuse to kill a racist uh, Confederate general, and he knew that would get it there. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think Nick and I kind of discussed this last time, and you start looking at everything that character said throughout the entire movie, you could almost say everything he said was a lie to get someone to do something. You yeah. know, the letter was a lie to get people to let him in. The The story about the son was a lie so he could kill the guy. The You know, the story about the Mexicans was to catch this other guy because he suspected him of something. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was a lie in order to catch someone else doing something wrong. Yeah, true. True. And I, and I really like it because it's, it's something that um, either you just take what he's saying at face value or you actually... Uh, pick up on that and it gives more depth to his character and uh, there's definitely a lot of depth there well it took me probably my second or third watching before i started putting that together because the first time i watched it i just was like oh look at this character's you know a seasoned bounty hunter of course he has a letter from the president you know Mm -hmm. and you know of course I could see him doing that if that guy's coming, going to try to kill him. Like, so you really like, I think that's just part of the characterization of like how good of a liar he is and how good of a manipulator he is because we've got the, the character of the hangman that, you know, it looks like that he would see through anything on anybody that he reads people so good. And that's why he's such a good bounty hunter. And he totally gets duped by him about this letter. And he's, you know, he's basically head over heels about this letter. Like, it's not like that he halfway believes it. Like, he bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, right. absolutely. It was really from Lincoln. And he's supposed to be the character that, you know, is really suspicious and paranoid and, you know, doesn't believe things unless he can really See, prove that they're true. I think if you go back and look at that character, he's paranoid, but he takes almost everyone at face value. 
Like, everyone who says something to him, he almost believes it. He believes the guy is supposed to be the sheriff. He believes the guy that's supposed to be the executioner. Um, he, you know, he, it's almost like he believes what all these people are saying without question. He just doesn't trust them with a gun. Yeah. So it's like you got this, um, this divergence almost of you got one guy who always lies and one guy who always believes everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still definitely cautious. Um, he's taking those precautions, but, um, but yeah, he does seem to be the one that's, uh, that's getting fooled by people. And he drinks the coffee. <laughs> Which is counterproductive to kind of how his character is in the beginning. You know, right. like That's all right. of those, that trait should make for a piss poor bounty hunter. Not like this revered one that like, you know, always brings him in alive even when he doesn't have to. You think he would have got like knifed in the back or something. Yeah. If he was always acting like that. Well, yeah, but in, but what you see with him is, is he's always taking away that knife. He's always taking away that gun. So even if they are lying to him, he doesn't give them the opportunity to stab him in the back. Mm. So whether he believes them or not is irrelevant if he takes away their teeth. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. Um, but, Segway uh, teeth, no. Yeah, but but on the other hand too, I, I think. I mean, it could be that we're seeing him in a. Uh, environment that normally he wouldn't be in because some of these characters have reputations that precede them as well um like samuel jackson and then also i can't think of his name but the guy that was claiming to be a sheriff even he i believe had a reputation that he was he was aware of anyways um or maybe or maybe it was samuel jackson actually that vouched for him that actually knew who he was i I can't remember precisely samuel jackson knew his dad he didn't know him okay okay yeah because of his dad's civil war uh behaviors right right um yeah i don't know uh but uh i mean at least in samuel l jackson's um situation i, I he 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 did he did know his his um reputation i believe right to a degree yes yeah yes. okay because okay. they made that made that point of talking about you know that they had shared a steak dinner, before uh, right, and stuff right. like that. And well, and oh, yeah, that's... and he knew he had the uh, the letter, well, the supposed letter from uh, from Lincoln as well. Yeah, but let's talk about um, something else. Uh, Nick and I were talking about last week again when lightning struck. Um, you looked up the actual value of a dollar at the time compared to today. Yeah, twenty two to one. So, twenty two to one. So okay. all those bounties, if you wanted to uh, multiply them by twenty two to get like today's value, so it seems like that they're all over the place. Like some are too high and some are too low. Oh damn! Because like, why I don't under why I don't understand is um, what. What the hell is the chick's name? Oh, crap. Oh, oh, I don't know remember. Domergu. Yeah, Domergu. Yeah. Domergu is worth the same amount as all the other just, like, auxiliary gang members, but she's, like, second in command, and her brother is the leader of the gang. Like, that that kind of bounty assignment doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Well, let's, let's look at the value, because this was the problem I had with the movie. She's worth 10000 which times 22 means she's worth $220,000 in today's money. Seems too That's high today. That's huge. Yeah. 
And then you look at her brother, who was worth fifty or yeah, fifty thousand, mm-hmm. which is which, way too high. I yeah, think. I'm like, you look at that amount, like that is that is an insane amount of money that, like, even a big city at that time would have trouble paying that bounty. Yeah, right. And it's like if you're John Wilkes Booth, maybe your bounty is that high. Maybe, but yeah. yeah. They were just astronomical, and I think I think they were. It was done with good intentions because they wanted the watcher to realize that this this isn't just your run of the mill Wild West Robin Banks kind of gang. Like, you know, the, they're pretty hated and wanted, and you know, murderous, and that's why the bounties are so high. But I think they just went too overkill yeah, on say, it. But you could have said. This guy's worth a hundred. This guy's worth two hundred. This guy's worth a thousand. Like that would have made a lot more sense. Correct. But it 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 kills the uh, the amount of uh, investment I have mm-hmm. in the movie with the believability. Once you make these numbers, and, and again, I'm a I'm a math guy. I have an accounting degree, so it it kills my believability when I look at that and go. Yeah. $10,000. I mean, $10,000 50 years ago is a shit ton of money. Yeah. $10,000 a hundred years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just just to let you guys know, I just looked up what uh, John Wilkes Booth's bounty was, and it actually was $100,000 was the reward for for his captured uh, five days after Lincoln's death. Whoa, so, that actually puts it a little more into perspective. Yeah, but yeah. that's but, Lincoln we're talking about. Yeah, I was yeah, say, somebody a, who killed yeah, the killing president, the president yeah. is worth that much. Somebody who's just a gang leader up in, you in know, what, the middle the Northwest, of nowhere. I believe, is yeah. where this was taken. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. you know, Washington, D.C. president versus Northwest right. nobody. Yeah, I mean, I Aaron Lincoln is probably the most high-profile person alive at the time. Well, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Yeah, is yeah. So I I think it actually it defends exactly what we're saying that the, those bounties were too high for sure. Like the yeah. it yeah, um, maybe we're focused too much on it, but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but it, it did seem a little bit like uh well okay that seems maybe they're trying to up it a little bit just to give it more relevance for people watching it today to know that that's a lot of money. Um, because if they were just like, oh, yeah, it's $300, we'd be like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, I get why they made the bounties like they were, but it was just not great balance. But Tarantino's probably like, I spent 10 minutes writing that part. Get off my ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about the uh, – uh, <laughs> he's like, why don't you focus on the dialogue, a-holes? Um, yeah. Well, and this movie does have some things that I love um, about Tarantino movies. It reminds me of Reservoir Dogs a little bit for two reasons. Um, one, because of the non-linear storytelling. And two, everything, most of the movie happens within one room, just yeah. like that movie does. And so it forces you to force, or it forces you to think about the dialogue and the characterization of all the characters because the the setting is kind of irrelevant at that See, point. I don't think I've watched Reservoir Dogs since God. I think you and I watched it in college, Eric. I don't think I've watched it since then. Yeah, I think and that so might have been the last a, time I'm, I watched it. Yes, yeah, huh. I'm having trouble remembering a lot of it. Um, although it made me think of when you say that uh, the movie Four Rooms. Have you seen that? A long time ago. 
It's mm-hmm. uh, it's got four directors, and you know, each room is written and directed by a different person. Well, Quentin Tarantino did one of those four rooms. Oh, right. Um, and man, that was that was good. Go go watch that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never I've never seen that either, but I do remember hearing about it. Yeah, and one one of the things I thought was most interesting about this movie is, you know, the main character gets killed off with an hour left of running time, of the movie, and I think that that speaks for how big of an actor you have as like your your supporting actor in Samuel L. Jackson when the main character is dead you know there's no flashback to him or anything like he's just done with the movie and there's still an hour or so left of the movie there's some pretty big name actors in this i mean you got kurt russell samuel jackson tim roth i'm done (laughs) yeah well yeah i mean uh, channing tatum um (laughs) channing tatum that was the other one (laughs) uh but uh i mean yeah i think i think i think there's a few characters here that could have carried that uh that that were strong enough supporting actors that could have carried it even um just because of how interesting they were and how in depth the characters seemed to be um there's there's a, a lot going on with each one of them i felt like one of the things that fooled me the first time i watched it um was, was that guy's name like joe gage is that right yeah yeah um his character when kurt russell was super suspicious of him and you know made sure he took his guns first and everything Mm. i thought that was going to be like a big surprise and he was not really going to be an evil guy he just was a little a little creepy and so uh, to make you believe that he's evil and he was just going to be like a normalist guy but i was wrong about that one yeah same thing for me too because it seemed they seemed so heavy-handed with you're suspicious kind of thing. And his, his story of what he was actually doing there was so ordinary. Plausible. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I was like, it felt the same way. I thought this is probably legitimate. They're probably focused, you know, misdirecting us to this person who seems like the obvious bad guy, uh, well, yeah, to he, take us away he from was somebody obviously else. the red herring in this. And, uh, but I think it was good because it made you focus on him to the exclusion of the others, and then you find out, no, 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 it's every one of them. Yeah, that's that's the real twist, is that there was more than one person in there that was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, they need to be watching out for. Yeah, I agree with that, too, because the the way the movie is written, you think that it's like a, a whodunit situation, where it's like, one of these people is the problem, now... Who is it? In reality, only one of them wasn't the poop. <laughs> and, and he was the first to die. <laughs> well, and then Samuel Jackson and... and um, dang, I cannot remember this guy's name, but the guy that played... Uh, that was the new sheriff. You would say that. I, I, could, I, I love him in just about everything he's in. I can't think of his name. Yeah, I know. And I of course, I'm, I'm moved away from the computer, so I don't have IMDb yeah. open, but... Isn't he, isn't he in like a uh, a TV show with um, uh, Danny McBride too, where they're like principals or something, or they're trying to be principals at the school or something like that? You guys know what I'm talking about? Um, next one up. Well, oh, Walton G- Goggins, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know that one. the The biggest thing I know him from is Justified, which is probably one of my all time favorite shows. So. Yeah. Yeah, I knew he was on that. I've never actually watched that show though, but I know it's uh it's been uh, it's gotten a lot of uh, good reviews so 
Well, we got a we got a little bit of time left. Do we want to hit another movie? Are we done with this one? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I do have one question though. Did did you guys expect um everyone to die at the end of this movie, or did you expect there be like one person that made it through? Um, I mean, I didn't especially expect. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, so I feel like that's on the table going into it um that that could happen but no I, I think i think i did expect somebody to make it out alive yeah see the whole time i kind of had this notion of it was either going to be the sheriff or samuel L. jackson's character one of them would betray the other one and whoever the betrayer was was going to be the one that survived yeah and then so it was kind of shocking to me when you know just everybody got shot basically yeah I mean, honestly, yeah, I, would, I guess I was saying, yeah, that you, you you were you were shocked that everybody died. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected, even if it was a twist, like if it was Domergu who made it out, I, I still kind of expected at least one person to make it out of that alive. Yeah, yeah, I definitely saw Chanum Tainting getting shot as soon as he popped his head up, though. Yeah, I mean, it was on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I predicted it. (laughs) Uh, The only thing I was surprised at was when Samuel L. Jackson's character shot Domergu in the foot instead of just killing her at that point because he had no reason to keep her alive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Because Samuel L. Jackson doesn't care about... I mean, at the end, he decided to hang her, but... Which I almost feel like is out of character. I feel like that's out of character for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not his style. That's that's um, um, what's his name? Style. Uh, I can't think of the character's name. Um, The Hangman. Yeah, Kurt Russell's character. But um, but yeah, that's his style is to take them to get to get hanged. And yeah, he just kills his his bounties. That's it. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that he felt like that he owed that to Kurt Russell's character because Samuel Jackson's character kind of operates as someone that doesn't owe anyone shit. That's true. Well, I think if you look back at the movie as a whole, Samuel L. Jackson suspected something was up from the very beginning. And the fact that he didn't act upon it sooner, he feels is what got Kurt Russell's character killed. And he knew him and the sheriff were going to die anyway. Why not pay back his buddy and hang this chick yeah because he gave him a ride and and he is um he does seem like a spiteful person so hanging would have been uh more brutal uh more maybe more satisfaction out of it a lot worse (laughs) yeah gut shot would be pretty bad um but uh but also too i mean as we mentioned earlier he's he's a liar and even maybe that character that we're being sold of him being um uh, not giving a shit about other people like that. Maybe that's a lie too. Just a way of you make a good, yeah. You make a good point about that, Eric. For him, you you have no idea what is true to his character because you don't know what's what's truth and what's a lie. Yeah, exactly. Mind blown. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> and then he spun the top at the end, and it didn't fall over. So you know what that means. Oh, but it did wiggle a little bit. <laughs> yeah, any any other points uh, either of you want to make? Nope. Nope. Nick? 
Oh, I do have one. I totally think it's bullshit that there was 15 gang members waiting in that town that Domergu was kept threatening with. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. If, they, if there were 15 more gang members, they would have been there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that their point was that they couldn't just rush in and take her because he probably would have shot her, but... Uh, which I do believe that that's probably how it would have played out had that been the scenario. But I, I think that they were bluffing. I don't think they had the gang members either. I think if you didn't want people to see the gang members, you like hide them in the woods or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Or in the basement. Like if there was more than one person in that basement, he would have been like, throw your gun up. Okay, throw the other one up. Okay, I'm shooting you in the head. Oh, there's another guy who comes up shooting behind him. Yeah, and that's what I expected actually. Um it, when they had Tatum, Channing Tatum down there, I expected there were other gang members down there with him. Um, so I was kind of shocked when it was just him. Agreed. Yeah. So I think we can all agree that the gang members are bullshit and that this was a pretty solid movie, except for that <laughs> intro. <laughs> and, and the and? intro to the cut scene, because that one was another 10 minutes of just carriage ride. Oh, yeah. It's the only two times in that movie where I felt like I was watching a movie. Because it was it just took me out of the movie part of it and into just a scenic show. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I don't really want to watch a family member's uh, uh, video of them riding through the country during their vacation. I would rather just watch the damn movie. Even if they got four <laughs> dead people on their stagecoach. <laughs> I mean that, yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> well, I doubt they were telling me about that though in in my living room, <laughs> unless I was going to be added onto that. You that's, know, a, list. that's a that's a disturbing slideshow to, to have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are swimming in Chesapeake Bay. Uh, here's the four dead people. Oh shit! Now I got to kill you. They're worth twelve thousand a piece. Yeah, twelve thousand a head. So what's the what's the plan for next week? We're gonna be back to watching some uh, some movies like normal uh, and reviewing those. Yep. Um, I sent a uh, mass text out and no one responded. So hey, Nick, pick a movie. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. That's one. Then we can. Then you guys can compare it to this movie and see if you yeah, agree true. or not with. Okay, uh, here we go. I'll give you the list of other suggestions that we have right now, Nick. You will pick the second movie. Let me let me pull up my list here, though. Hold on a second. I thought I had it open already. Uh, okay, so I'm going to leave this one off because Eric keeps saying no to it. No. Um, we got Army of Darkness, Real Genius, Revenge of the Nerds, The Incredibles... And remember the Titans. Oh, and a profe, or however you say that. I think that you should do The Incredibles so you can pair another Pixar movie with a Tarantino movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, did we do that? It was Up in the Hateful Eight. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a thing. (laughs) What a great pairing. You know, it's like when you have uh, just the right cheese with some wine, you know. I don't know which is the cheese and the wine in this situation, but... uh... Okay, well, uh, The Incredibles, let me look again here. i got to get past Eric's engagement photos. Oh, yeah. Um, the Incredibles was suggested by Steve on uh, our Facebook page, so uh, we will 
I guess we will be watching The Incredibles and um, um, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Um, and I liked Eric's hashtag, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. <laughs> um, yep. So, so yeah. Uh, sounds like a couple of good movies to watch. Uh, and that's what we'll be doing next week. Um, anything else? Any Anything before we let the listeners go? Not viewers. Listeners. Go. Oh, he's st- mm. finally getting into it. 17 episodes mm-hmm. in. Yep. Stuck the landing. well i think we are we are good to go excellent all right well uh thank you all for listening as usual you can catch us on soundcloud uh itunes um google play uh music uh you know if you're listening to this right now you probably know where to listen to us um but you can send in some requests to our facebook page and also you can email us at abbottburnsmovies at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you also if you want to send in some reviews please do and yeah i think that's a wrap sounds good then a uh, big thank you again to nick and yeah uh, even though derek uh did not make it back to the second try of this uh, uh, thank you for attempting the last time when the power went out yeah, this was fun. I, I think we need to do this again. So, um, you know, maybe some other some other people that have suggested some stuff in the past, maybe we can get them on here as well and, uh, and do this again. It's cool. Sounds like a plan. All right, later, guys. Later.